I'm Morgan James, and this is the Hot Minute Pod. This is episode 19 of the Hot Minute Pod. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brian. Uh, I'm out here doing my public service, which is to keep you uh, maybe entertained and distracted from pulling your hair out whilst under quarantine. This episode features the conversational stylings of a one Ryan Coslin. He is the sports information director at the University of Cincinnati. And in our conversation, we discuss a number of things, including his journey to the University of Cincinnati, many different hats that he wears, uh, metaphorical hats, that are that is. Um, in addition to the many coaches and uh, athletic directors, he's had the good fortune of serving alongside to make the University of Cincinnati athletics into the paragon of strength and nobility that it is. Um, And then finally, I've got another special segment that includes uh, a conversation with a a gentleman who goes by the name of Grant Patrick. He's a seven-year-old, and he is my child. And uh, so I talked to him, and I think it's kind of fun and funny, and maybe you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, here goes episode 19 of the Hot Minute Pot. Just want to give you a roadmap for where this podcast is headed. Uh, in a, a few short moments, you will be able to listen to the interview that, that I conducted with uh, Grant Patrick, uh, a, a child of mine, my son, uh, with whom I love a great deal and who I think is uh, just fascinatingly entertaining. I don't even know if those two words can be combined together, but Grant is interesting enough that I could I could watch him drink water and and be captivated. He's just got a really funny, uh, unique personality. So uh, I think you might enjoy that. Maybe you won't. And then um, then there are some going to be some bongos, and then I will transition into the interview with Ryan Coslin, and uh, that you will find both edifying and interesting. Uh, I I have no doubts. So um, let's let's just uh, let's go to the grand interview, and then the bongos, and then the Ryan, and then yeah. What's up? This is Trey Scott, and welcome to the Hot Minute Pod. This is a special session of the Hot Minute Pod. I have a special guest with me. His name is Grant Patrick Fox. Uh, Grant, could, Hi. You, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, that um, I, my favorite color is silver, okay. and I and I'm beginning to start baseball. Well, ordinarily you would, but and go ahead. What else? And um, my favorite movie is The Nut Job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about what's your favorite book? Um, my. F- my favorite book is The Hardy Boys. Okay. The whole series or one Oh, uh, yeah, the whole series. You like them all. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what grade are you in? Second. Second grade. Who's your teacher? Mrs. Lang. Yeah. And is she a good teacher? Yes. Okay, good. Um, and so what? tell, tell everybody uh, what you want to be when you grow up. Um, when I grow up, I want to be a scientist. Why do you want to be a scientist? 
Uh, because I like like chemical experiments and stuff. What else? Anything um, else you want to accomplish when you get older? Uh, climbing Mount Everest. You want to climb Mount Everest? Go to the moon. You want to go to the moon. How do you want to get there? Um, by NASA. Okay, NASA spaceship. What else? Anything else you want to accomplish in life? Um, yeah. Uh, I want to accomplish, um, being a lawyer. Oh, you want to be a lawyer too? Yeah, just like my dad. Oh, okay. You want to work with me? Yeah. Okay. Maybe like kind of a scientist lawyer kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, cool. What's your favorite subject in school? Um, I would say my favorite subject is writing. Okay, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite brother? Do you have a favorite brother? Um, yeah. Who's your favorite brother? Baylor. Oh, why is that? Because he's actually nicer. Oh, okay. And Hudson's not, I guess? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Any, what about girlfriends? How's your love life? What? How's your love life? You got any girlfriends? Uh, no. No girlfriends. Do you have a crush on any girls? Yes. And who's that? Audrey Hilliard. Oh, wow. And uh, does she have a crush on you? Yes. Oh, okay. Anybody else have a crush on you? Yes. Five more people. <laughs> Five more? Man. Why do you think that is? What is it about you that uh, makes Because a lot of... Five girls literally stare in class and smile at me. Yeah. So. So. Okay. Well, what is it about you do you think that they like? Um, my personality. Oh, okay. That's cool. Are you nice to people at school? Yes. Good. Do you like to help people? Yes. Yeah, good. Um, what? So you're off school for a little while, right? You're, uh -huh. Well, you're going to school, but not yeah. in a classroom. Yeah. Um, what... What do you what do you know about coronavirus? Um, that it kills more people than the flu do, okay. and it only it could only kill not a kid, but but an old man. Uh, well, old older people are certainly yeah. more susceptible to it. Yeah. But are you do you feel scared about it or no? No. Okay. Yeah. You washing your hands more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Way more. What's your uh, what's your favorite team to root for? Uh, my favorite team to root for is the Bearcats. That's the, the Bearcats. answer. Yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. And uh, and w who's your favorite Bearcat player of all time? Um, mine would be let's say basketball player. Who's your favorite Bearcats basketball player? That's hard. I would say anybody come to mind um Jason Cumberland okay cool yeah what about your favorite Bearcats football player um the Desmond Ritter Desmond Ritter okay That's actually cool. Evan Prater Evan <laughs> Prater <laughs> oh wow uh, but you've not seen him play for the Bearcats yet. You're well, st he's still your favorite? Yeah. Why do you like him? Um, I've seen him play in Wyoming where uh, I go to school. There you go. I see now. I see now. That makes more sense, I guess. Um, I'll, I won't tell De Desmond about it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for being a guest on the show, and I'll certainly have you back on at some point because I think you offer a lot of valuable insights for everyone. Is there anything you want to say to everybody out there? Um, no. 
No, not at all. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, Grant. You're welcome. And this is the Hot Minute Pod. This is uh, a special segment for me because I'm, I'm seated here staring at the beautiful face of my friend Ryan Coslin. Uh, Cos, how you doing? I'm good, brother. How about yourself? Never I've better. Been here. I've been talking to you for what about five months now. Yeah, it's kind of sad, really, that uh, that that's been going on. But it's I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, it's disappointing, but what are you gonna do? I mean, we're here. It's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me take these things off. I think I'm. Uh, our levels are good. So, uh, how are you faring in in these marvelous quarantine like uh, situations? I'm doing well. It's obviously an adjustment for all of us with uh, the abrupt end of the spring. Um, I equated it today to kind of being in off-season mode like three months early. Yeah. So just trying to adjust to that and figure out, you know, how we want to get messages out, who's the best person to do it, and one of those outlets. Um, so it's challenging. Everyone's in kind of the same boat, though, so you talk to a lot of friends and uh, see what everyone else is doing and go from there. So, um, for folks that don't know, what's can you describe your job there at the University of Cincinnati? Well, I'm currently the Associate in Communications. Uh, so I oversee the football and administration communications with, so basically the day-to-day contact for anything football-related or anything related to you know administration, strategic communications, big-picture stuff, um, work with our friends on campus, and then uh, you know have some general knowledge of what's going on with the uh, external side of things. And um, how how long have you been in the saddle of that job? At UC Total, or just this current position? This current position. Oh boy, extreme close up. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to make sure my volume was up all the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I just wrapped, I think, my 12th football season. Okay. So I got here in August of 2008. Okay. So a little bit after Tommy G. I, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that, but... Um, I did, actually. I was listening to see, uh, you know, what, what uh, sort of barbs you were going to throw at me. Yeah, I, you know... I'll, I'll... <laughs> you know, he, he didn't say anything funny about you, and I was kind of I, I was kind of hoping he would, so that you could then strike oh, back we, at him. we got some stories through the years, I mean... TJ's my guy. So yeah, love we've, him. We've seen a few things together. Absolutely, yeah. So you you start in 2008, and where did you come? Well, tell tell me a little bit about your how did you prepare to become an SID? What was your journey to arrive at the university? I think I, I sort of fell into it. Um, sorry, somebody was trying to call me there. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I sort of fell into it, and I was um, on what I like to refer to as my second junior year at Eastern Michigan University. Eastern Michigan, now that's those... really warm there, right? Sunny, <laughs> coastal. Very, uh, very tropical temperatures as long as you've got the right coat. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. That was the uh, that was the best advice I got going to college. There was somebody told me to get a coat that covered your butt. Yeah. That was uh, that was always good advice in the uh, brisk winters of uh, Southeast Michigan. I bet, I bet. So, what did you study there? What was your major? Well, my final major was uh, public relations. Hmm. I had a few before that that were uh, 
What were those? Didn't work out as well. Let's hear about those. Uh, started out as an athletic training major. That didn't really work out as I had hoped. Um, dabbled in graphic design for a brief time and kind of had some struggles when I couldn't draw a circle very well. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, I was uh, I was in the process of finding myself. Yeah. And some would argue I'm still looking. <laughs> um, and I there was a special topics class called Sports and PR. I said, that sounds kind of fun. Let's give that a whirl. And uh, the, the instructor was a gentleman named John Martin who became a very close friend and one of my first mentors and kind of ended up from there. Okay. And um, how long did you cram all four years into seven or was it less than that? <laughs> I don't like to talk about that because I probably should have a doctor title around my name. <laughs> A lot of school, a lot of school. Yeah, so, a lot of school, a lot of school. So after Eastern Michigan, do you start at UC? No. Um, so I, I went from Eastern Michigan. I was at the University of Akron the for zips, two years. The fighting Zips? The Zips, yeah. That's where Tommy G and I first crossed paths. Okay. And then uh, I went to the University of Houston from 2005 to 2008. Slightly different then, uh, uh, climate than Eastern Michigan. A little more warm. Yeah, Slightly. a little warmer. Yeah, slightly. The summers were uh, last furnace-esque. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of people down there, too. So you a lot of tempers, I imagine, flare. <laughs> it doesn't uh, doesn't quite have the giant city feel that you would expect. It's got some small-town feel to it mm-hmm. because it's so spread out. But uh, it's a lot like Cincinnati. There's a lot of cool little enclaves and neighborhoods and a lot of things to do. Okay. But I will say this, like, flip-flops and shorts for Thanksgiving and the holidays is never a bad thing. Yeah, kind of nice, I bet. So, Absolutely. So Houston was the last stop on the on the trolley before. On the tour, yeah. absolutely. And then um, what was your job at Houston? Uh, I was the women's basketball SID okay. and the publications coordinator. So I was doing all the graphic design work for the department, posters and collateral pieces and everything else. Okay, and then... Um, was that before or after Kelvin Sampson ruined the basketball program at Indiana University? <laughs> I would have to look. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was at the time at Houston was Tom Penders. It was after, but yeah. Um, sorry, I just like to get that barb in anytime I can. I figured you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. Um, You're a big Sampson fan, I can tell. Y- well, yeah, sure. We go way back. We go way back. Um, growing up in Indiana, you know, he he kind of he turned the program around and then all of a sudden he just burned it down so uh i'm hoping for the for the cougar nation down there in houston he doesn't do the same thing but time will he's, tell uh, he's he's done a nice job there they've, they've got a really good team there they were freaking athletic this year though he's, they were pretty good i'd like to see them make a nice little tournament run he's a tremendous coach i mean a basketball coach he's great um it just you know and i and i it seems like he's uh polished off maybe some of the rough edges that were present in his earlier stops. I think you see that through the years, like coaches will kind of evolve as they, they go through things, and once they've had some adversity and, and kind of have to reform like who they are and how they do things, it, it does change them a little bit. Yeah, and they're building their brand early on, I guess. You know, so Absolutely. You, you yeah, that's, a, that's a different thing you didn't see a number of years ago. Now, coaches, student-athletes, to a point, are a brand. Mm-hmm. We've got to do our, our thing to help them develop that. Yeah. So you start at UC 2008, and is are you in the job that you're in now? 
Um, it's an evolution of it, but similar. I mean, I've always worked with football. I've, I've added and subtracted sports over the years, and the oversight of the office and the leadership role was uh, something that was added, you know, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so progressed through the ranks, and there were opportunities that existed when people left and transitioned and that sort of thing. So I was able to uh, gain some more experience and and kind of move into uh, some different roles, which has been fun. Yeah. Um, and you've worked for a number of athletic directors, correct? Yes, I think I'm on my fourth AD. Okay. Fourth yeah. AD. Um, and, and who are they? Can you list them? Uh, I started working for Mike Thomas, then with Babcock, Mike Bowen, and now John Cunningham. All right. And what, um, without, I mean, it's obviously uh, pretty early to opine on, on, uh, John Cunningham's strengths, but what were what were some of the approaches of your earlier guys, or uh, you know, I guess how did Mike Thomas differ from Whit Babcock, who differed from Mike? I think it's all, you know, same thing with coaches as well. But everyone has a different style mm-hmm. and a different way they do things, yeah. um, and you've got to adapt your skill set to match what they're looking for, because everyone has a different idea of how they want to do things. Um, some are more internal people. They come from the facility side or the business side. And there's some that are more external that come from the development side or the marketing side. Mm-hmm. So you've got to kind of adapt a little bit and sometimes educate and then sometimes adapt what you're doing to what they need. Right. Yeah. Um, who, who was maybe the most uh, aggressive um, in terms of trying to push the brand out there? I think it's got to be Mike Bone. Yeah. I mean, I think Mike Bone came in at a time when we probably needed someone to scream our name from the mountaintop and talk about how good we are because we are. Yeah. And you know, it's uh, that's a strength of Mike's, and he did it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who was more administrative? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I like the term administrative. Yeah, it's, it's it connotes it connotes some negativity, but I mean, it's a, it, it's a big piece of it, right? I mean, you're in charge. You know, they are presiding over. A large budget, a lot of people. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think every AD comes in and maybe doesn't have that external persona, but they're in a way they have to grow into because they are the main face of a department to a certain point. Yeah. Clearly, you look at the head coaches, but there's other people that look to the AD for that level of leadership and everything else. So I think it's an evolution, and you've got to do your best to help them get comfortable with being that face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, what about. Um, uh, Mike Thomas, what was he like? How would you? I worked for Mike twice, actually. I worked for Mike at Akron and then at, at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And Mike's good people. Yeah. Um, it was always interesting. He had a very uh, kind of quiet sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You didn't expect it, then it came out, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. What about what about uh, Wit Babcock? What was he like? Wit was great. Uh, very personable. Uh, made his, you know, kind of made an impact on things with. Uh, the way he did business on a day-to-day basis. Um, transparency put some things in place that we still use today. Mm-hmm. And just t- the tenure was not very long, but it was impactful. Yeah. Um, and then what What was working with Mike like? It was a ball of energy, as you know. Yep. Um, sometimes you got to keep up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mike definitely caused a lot of us to up our game mm-hmm. and, you know, get better quickly. Yeah, because he wanted everyone on his same level. Right. 
And what what has John Cunningham's early tenure been like? Oh man, I don't know if there's ever an AD that's had as a roller coaster of a tenure as John has had. Like wow. he's definitely, you know, feet to the fire early, and he's done a remarkable job yeah. of leading and communicating. And and why would it, why do you say that? In terms of what we've gone through, or yeah. just what John has done? Yeah, because it's um, I I know exactly what you mean. But, you know, flesh that out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, John's been a, a steadying force and may not be the extreme out-front guy that Mike Bone was, mm-hmm. but his leadership has been impactful in you know, securing Coach Fickle yeah. and yeah. moving forward. With he starts, of the, and, and the university president says our biggest priority is retaining, you know, is making sure Luke stays, and that was certainly messaged by his predecessor, Mike Bone, and then boom. There he is in the middle of that, uh, you know, Michigan State trying to poach very early on. So that that had to be pretty overwhelming, right? It is, and it's a lot. You're trying to come in and, and you know, basically learn where everybody's name and, and who everybody is and how the structure works. And then you've got to deal with, uh, you know, a potential high-profile coach who's getting interest from other institutions. So. It was a challenge early, and he's he's done a remarkable job, though. Yeah, it's been very impressive. And now this, I mean, this has been. Uh, I, I don't think there's been a playbook for. I don't think there's a playbook for what we've been through. I I think you would challenge even ADs who've had significant time in the chair to, uh, you know, remember a challenge like this. Yeah. Yes, yeah, spring sports entirely canceled, um, and in you know, based on your experience at other schools, uh, Akron, Houston, and, and UC, and, you know, the people who worked at UC and who have gone on to other places, what, you know, you, you probably have a huge network, right? Yeah, that's pretty good size. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, uh, so, a lot of people who've moved on to other places that you keep in touch with. It's, it's kind of weird. You've been, you're, you're here long enough that most of your friends live in other places. Yeah. And so what, what are folks saying about our present state of athletics not UC's necessarily but you know are you hearing folks talk about you know they canceled or suspend uh, what postponed the Olympics uh, are you hearing folks talk about college football season I think that's the hot topic um, seems to be you know the, the crazy thing that's going to get some clicks right now is saying oh my god the football season might happen but nobody knows anything right now yeah. I, mean, I think you're in that two-week period to kind of see where things are at, and then there'll be a reevaluation, and we'll go from there. But I think it's it's important to stay optimistic about things, and you know, let's give ourselves something to shoot for. Yeah. How has your job changed under the uh, the fog of COVID nineteen? Well, it's remote, <laughs> like everybody else's. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird. It's weird because you don't have that face-to-face contact with student athletes and and coaches and, and even the people you share an office with. So it's an adjustment. You know, you move, we're on our phones all the time. We're sending a lot of emails and a lot of texts and a lot of conference calls. We've all had to learn what Zoom is <laughs> and yeah. Microsoft Teams and the fact that the university has a decent WebEx system that none of us knew about. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been good. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's like anytime you can, you know, learn some new things and, and figure out a new way to do things. I think it's it's beneficial in the long run, and, and hopefully this will make us better. Yeah. And I think the uh, the abrupt ending of sports and the quick start to the off season is maybe 
kicked us into that mode a little earlier, but it's a chance to, you know, reset and spend some time with some family and, and, you know, kind of reevaluate where you're at and look at what you can do to uh, make some future changes. Like maybe those long-term projects that you never thought you'd get to are now an option. Right. Yeah. Um, what about working with different coaches? How has that been? You, you've been, uh, you know, somewhat siloed. I mean, you, you oversee the team, but you've also been somewhat siloed in football at, at UC, and you've seen some turnover there, right? Just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Uh, and a couple things. I so, can make a long list of coaches we worked with, and it's it's a decent list at some point with guys right. who've gone on to be head coaches in college and coaches in the NFL and other professional areas. So yeah, you start. Uh, so 2008 was Brian Kelly here. Yep. Okay. That was uh, Brian Kelly's second year, I believe. Okay. And so, what yeah. what was what was it like working with him? Very business like. Um, I think Brian's one of the best offensive minds I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. He could, you know, play things like a video game. Like he would call plays off a of field, and he was a 90, 99, nine times out of ten, he was right. So he, you know, was a fantastic offensive play caller and just a, a really strong coach. And you can see that he's carried on the success he had at Notre Dame. Yeah. Do you stay in touch with him at all? Uh, talk to him a little bit. When he was here for the reunion this year, that was really the second time we've been in contact. It's it's been tough. Yeah. You know, it's tough to stay in touch when you know maybe you were you didn't have as much time with somebody as, as other coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he leaves. Butch takes his place. What was it like working with Butch? What was he like? Butch was an idea guy. A lot of event, you know, a lot of adventures, a lot of ideas. Um, it was fun in a lot of ways and stressful in others. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Still communicate with Butch to this day. Um, Seriously? You still talk to him? Good... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We'll text once in a while just, just for fun. And, you know, it's, uh, has he told it's nice you, to catch up. Has he told you what it's like working for Saban? I don't want to get into that. <laughs> that would be wild. That would be, a, that would be a wild experience, right? I mean, I would think if, if you, you can't argue with Alabama's success over the last decade or so, yeah. it's been pretty good. And if you want to see how the you know a national championship winning program does it, what better way to see it than right from the inside? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so, w- I guess when when that transition was taking place between Brian Kelly and and Butch, um, you know, what was it like being? involved in the program at that time because uh you know well you're, you're somewhat new to uc football but heck success was somewhat new to uc football as well um what were people you know i was i was a fan at that time i was actually in law school at that time so um i know i was like holy cow this is so fun what were people thinking you know around that time do you have any f- fond recollections of uh, what people were thinking and feeling when when we were riding the rainbow of Brian Kelly's success? I think it, it, a lot of people thought the rug got pulled out from under him in a way. Yeah. Um, we had just won this epic game at Pitt on a Saturday. You know, found out we were going to the, you know, we were a, a 
out of bounds kick in the Big 12 championship point, potentially playing for a national title in the Rose Bowl. How'd you feel watching and that game, by the way? I think I broke something in my office. <laughs> um, uh, one I of the worst feelings. I something. I was not happy. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a uh, it was a crazy time. It was it was awesome. It was we were riding this this huge wave of energy, and you know we won this title, and you know of course the speculation was going on, but we had been through it the year before, and you know it was a it was one of those very weird weeks um, where there's a lot of rumors and a lot of conjecture, but nothing really to go off on, and then you know I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, um, got the news that. He was going to leave and take the Notre Dame job, so I think a lot of people felt like the rug was pulled out from under. But then our, our focus turned to supporting the student athletes and and making sure the fans knew that we wanted to support them going to the Sugar Bowl and trying to close off that season in a big way. Yeah. And I think the fans responded with the record number of tickets we sold for the Sugar Bowl and some of the atmosphere we felt out there. The game just didn't work out how we wanted it to. <laughs> we won Bourbon Street, lost the game. <laughs> definitely did win Bourbon Street. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Oh, a blast. So, um, and Butch, if if I recall, he was hired and, and made the trip down to the Sugar Bowl, right? Correct. Yeah, so what... what... Uh, it was weird because you, you've got almost two staffs going on at the same time. You've got Brian's staff preparing for the game while those guys are kind of looking for jobs. I think it wasn't completely known at the time where all of them were going to end up. It turns out about half of them ended up in Notre Dame, half went to Buffalo, and, and you know there were a few guys that stuck around on the coaching and support staff side. Yeah. And then it, it's kind of weird because you've got guys playing game playing in one office, and then you've got Butch in another office putting his staff together and trying to figure out where the pens are and you know how he gets keys and all that stuff. So it's a, it was definitely a weird month. Yeah, that's wild. And what what was your early impression of? of Butch, you know, you, you see a coach have tremendous success and you kind of know his, you're from, you get familiar with his style and then Butch shows up. What was the, I guess, what was the starkest contrast between those two guys and the way they approach things? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you're making me go way back in the memory banks here. <laughs> I think, I think you were impressed with the, the ideas and the energy you brought to things. Um, not to say Brian didn't have energy, it was just a different kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very almost externally focused and, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to get it done. It's like, okay, we got this. Yeah. And then Butch, uh, what kind of energy did he bring? What kind of pace did he bring? Oh, it was fast-paced. Um, you know, everything was go, 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 go. You know, and they, they talked about... Um, Sorry, yeah, okay. busy yeah. day. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about wanting to, you know, do things very fast at all points. You know, the pace was very important. The, the tempo was very important with a lot of things. And you know, after after you go through a few of these, you start hearing a lot of the same words like teaching and and mentors and all that. And it, it's it's all a lot of the same thing. It's just said a different way. Yeah. A lot of a lot of like leadership books. Like you read about leadership books. And it's basically all the same concepts, just said different ways. Right, yeah. So that's a lot of the whole thing. It's just a lot of the same stuff, um, just said in a different way. And sometimes the change in message is very important, very good. Yeah. What about um, the the transition between 
Butch and his replacement. So uh, Whit Babcock, I guess, is is in the saddle at that time. Um, what was that transition like? Well, let's talk first about Butch's departure. So B- Butch <laughs> Butch had a um, a rather public departure, and uh, unlike. You know, Brian Kelly kind of flew under the radar, you know, was offered uh, what sounded like his dream job, and he took it. Um, Butch was shopping a bit, right? I don't know if I want to say shopping. Um, you know, I, I think we've talked about it. Butch and I have talked about it since then, and there's, you know, there's never an easy time with transition. There's never a time where it's going to be ideal. And, you know, at the time, the recruiting calendar hadn't changed yet, so December wasn't a dead period. The early signing period didn't exist. So things were a bit different in terms of, of all that time. And it, it was tumultuous. It was interesting. Um, you know, and, but it's, it's like this. If, if you were offered an opportunity to work for a prestigious law firm, you would at least take a, a look at it. Yeah. Now, I think that's why you work hard is to get those opportunities. Right. And I, I don't fault any coach for trying to make their lifestyle better, make their situation better. If they don't want to be here, that's fine. That's their decision. As long as they leave the program in a better spot, that's that's really all that matters. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, so Butch exits stage left, and, and, and Thomas Tuberville enters stage right. What was well, that? What was that transition like? It was interesting. We, you know, Having gone through it before, I think it took a couple weeks to hire Butch, mm-hmm. and um, you know we had just started bowl practice, and we, I was out of bowl practice, and I get a phone call from Bob Arcopane, the deputy AD at the time, and he says, I need you in the conference room in 20 minutes, and I said, we've got media after practice, he goes, get someone to cover it. Okay. <laughs> so there's a bunch of us assembled in the room, and Bob comes in and tells us that we have uh, we have hired a new head coach, that's Tommy Tuberville, and we all kind of look at each other like... Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's, he's in the air right now. He'll be here at 5 o'clock and we're at the press conference at like 7. It's like, we got some stuff to do. Yeah, okay. wow. So that's a thr- so, that's a pretty rush uh, rush order there. Um, yeah, so, it was, it was a, you know, a hire that worked out. Uh, brought a lot of energy at the time. Like, I still remember how much, how many people stayed after the basketball game in the arena for the press conference and know people are chanting his name as we're walking out i'm like this is like a rock concert this is awesome (laughs) yeah um started strong real strong um and then and then tubs kind of he settles in and um you know what what was it like in the latter days of the tuberville era for you uh i think it was tough i don't think any of us wanted it to go the way it went um you know it's just one of those years where nothing seemed to work out yeah. And people can blame whatever they want, but sometimes things just don't go your way. Yeah. That was um, one of that I would football. I would say that year we were the best four and eight team in America. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there were you know I mean, people hash it to death of what happened. I don't know if I could completely put my hands around it. Um, I do know that there was nobody that worked harder than that coaching staff. That team worked its butt off um, to try and do things. Sometimes you get to a thing and you just can't get out of it. Yeah, it's you know, it stinks. Um, I've often thought I, like that. if they win at Tulsa, do you think he he stays? I have no idea. Yeah, I, mean, I, I often wonder that, that. a lot of times. Yeah, like what happens if if 
know, the whole incident after BYU never happens with the go to hell, get a job. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was three feet away from him when it happened, and I was about to tell him, hey, that guy's going to yell at you because he yells at you after every game. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was, it was odd. There were a lot of weird things. Like, that was the first time we had done post-game media in the game day locker room. Mm-hmm. Usually the media would have been up in a classroom, and there would have been no cameras there, so maybe nobody would have saw it. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Just a weird confluence of events. What a strange night. I, I recall speaking it was with a weird you. Night. Yeah. That whole season was weird, though. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, so, Tubbs is, uh, he chooses entertainment elsewhere, uh, transitions to other things now, maybe transitioning to the United States Senate. Um, and, I heard you were running his campaign. Uh, I don't know about that, but. Um, so he, he transitions elsewhere, insert, you know, he exits stage left, uh, and Luke Fickle enters stage right. What what has it been like seeing the program, you know, go through what appears, at least in terms of outcomes, like a, like a renaissance? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, there's nothing new like seeing better than people that work hard and you know, get the success they deserve, and that's been our coaches and our student athletes. Um, you know, sometimes a, a shift in leadership and a, a new voice and a new outlook on things is a, is a huge thing for players, coaches, and staff. And what coach has done has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. But don't get – it hasn't come easy. He's worked his tail off, as have all the coaches that have come through, and, and the players too. Yeah. Um, they've earned everything they've got. They've earned – all the wins yeah. and you know we got through the first year kind of been rolling since then which is awesome I would say his first year um, I was bearish I'll be honest I thought we in I you know you look at the last year of the Tuberville era we were maybe one of the best four and eight teams we were maybe one of the worst four and eight teams the next year and like we were Lucky, real lucky to come out with that win against Miami, and we just ha- we caught Two some Tulane. Yeah. yeah, we caught some real I breaks. Mean, there. Says it himself. Yeah, we were four and eight, but we were also six or eight plays away from being one of eleven. Yeah, yeah. So that's football. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it was like that Butch's first year too, where we could have been a, a bowl team. A couple of injuries fall this way, and next thing you know, is you're you're scrapping out to finish five and seven, and you know. Yeah. How how has Luke's approach to coaching differed from uh, any of the other three guys? Um, I would say it, it's he's he's all football. Mm-hmm. Loves the game, loves teaching the game, loves all aspects of that, um, and he's proven to be a great teacher. I think there was to him, there's nothing better than spending time around the guys and and being able to coach. Yeah, yeah. he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, just jumping back real quick, when you were in SID school, right? We'll call it. We'll call it that. Like it's a special thing. What? Okay. What did they? What were they preparing you to do? And how has your day to day execution of being an SID differed from maybe the academic curriculum offered at that time? Well, social media didn't exist at the time. Yeah. So that's been a that's been a nice change for all of us in so many ways. Right. I don't think anybody knew what a podcast was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think 
part of the Tommy G interview was pretty accurate. There weren't a lot of people that were doing video in 2007. Mm-hmm. That's probably been the hugest change that things is, is, I mean, I remember taking some classes where we learned about video, but it wasn't anywhere as easy as it is now. I mean, the phones we carry have as much computing power as they had on Apollo 11, for God's sake. Right, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you're carrying around a, a device that can connect you to the world, which is something we didn't think of when we got our first cell phones at the age of like 21 or 22. Yeah. And it was the size of a deck of cards. Right, yeah. Well, so, two decks of cards. Yeah, so, so back then, I'm guessing the curriculum, you're mostly training to interact with news reporters, right? Or... You know, um, I think so. The, the there was a PR curriculum that wasn't really sports based. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you you pick up a lot of the sports stuff on your own through your work and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's it's just about adaptation. You have to adapt your skills and be very versatile in that. Be uh, very dynamic and willing to change on the fly, so to speak. Yeah. Um, now your family is is in. Uh, Got a call coming in here. Your family is in Cleveland, right? Is that what? Did, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that response. Oh, oh no, you can't hear me. Uh, let's unmute. There we go. Can you hear me now? Good idea. Yeah. Sorry about that. I had a call come in. Um, so you're. It's okay, you're a very important person. Oh, so important. So um, your uh, your family's in Cleveland, right? I've got family in Cleveland and Toledo. Okay, and uh, and then some kind of down in Florida. And and how has uh, how has it been interacting with them through all of this? Are you uh, freaked out? Are you FaceTiming with all of them a lot? Um, I get a daily FaceTime with my two-year-old nephew in Toledo, which is usually entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's you know he doesn't know anything that's going on, so it's kind of fun just to see that. Yeah. And then you know my mother's in Cleveland and talking to her is uh you know you're trying to get your parents to change their habits and it doesn't always work out very well yeah yeah. Yeah, we're all we're all trying to get our parents to stop like going places like you guys are immunocompromised give me a break right yeah Um, they don't like to listen when you were growing up um you grew up in the cleveland area right i did yeah. yeah so uh growing up in cleveland area is this you know what was kind of the what was your goal i guess in life what did you hope to do? I have no idea. I think, you know, like any kid, you go through like 900 different things and you figure it out. You knew you were probably going to go to college. Yeah. So, like, I'll figure it out there. It'll be fine. Right. So, you, you have figured it out and done pretty well for yourself. So, now as you look at, you know, your career at UC, uh, you know, you are there things that you look out on the horizon and think, I'd like to, to do that, you know, or, you know, I'd like to to take, you know, our, the way that our department runs in that direction? You know, I think you're looking to evolve and you, you look around the landscape of what people are doing at the professional level at other, you know, big time schools and, and try to see what you want to emulate so you want to add to your, um, to your repertoire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that social media has made it a, a phenomenally easy way for us to connect to our fans. Um, we got to keep getting better at that and then utilize our website as our messaging platform, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, just do whatever we can to, to spread the gospel of Bearcats athletics. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that seems like a good enough place to end there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll preach, as they say. Uh, uh, or as Tubbs may have said, that dog will hunt. I don't know. <laughs> we could do a whole other podcast on Tommy Tuberville. Oh, there's a lot of them. There's uh, a lot of them. Yeah. Yes, it well, was a phenomenally fun four years. Well, I will tell you, ways. having spoken with Coach Luke yesterday, uh, he appears to be in good spirits, and he seems healthy as an ox. So I uh, I like the beard, you know. He yeah, it's looking it's so looking fun. good coming in there, and uh, you know just a just a great great energy about that guy, and and I think. You know, I'm excited for this season and, and hope to God it, it, it goes and, and we get college football, which I think might just be the, the, the medicine we all need. I can't argue with you there. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Take care. You're quite welcome, sir. Anytime. That's a wrap on episode 19 of the Hot Minute Pod. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, if you want to read any of our articles, you can find them online at BearcatsSportsRadio.com. BearcatsSportsRadio.com. In fact, there's a new feature on there in which young Andy Smith Esquire has penned a new missive discussing uh, the University of Cincinnati Athletics program. And uh, again, that's online, BearcatSportsRadio.com. I imagine uh, he authored it with a quill in some sort of hollowed-out layer where he is uh, secreted and quarantined. Um, We are also on other places across the Internet, such as Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We have Facebook and Instagram pages for Bearcat Sports Radio where pictures and whatnots are posted. Um, Pictures... uh, for when there used to be human-to-human interaction. And so a little dry there lately because, hey, there are no new pictures because we're not allowed to be near each other, and that's good. We're flattening the curve, they say. Uh, Finally, I'm on Twitter. I'm I'm there. You can find me. My handle is at Bearcats Radio. That's my handle. I say things, uh, various things, hopefully helpful things. Um, So that's all I got. Episode 19. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Go Bearcats. Thanks for listening to my dad and his friends, and thanks for being his friends.